Let's turn our Bibles this morning, please, to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. <coughs> Matthew, chapter 1. draw attention to the final part of the chapter this morning, Matthew 1, reading together please from verse number 18, Matthew 1, verse number 18. Let us hear the word of God. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was in this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. We'll end our reading there. And we know that God will bless the public reading of the word to every heart. Let's unite our hearts together, please, in one word of prayer. And let's use these moments. And in the quietness of your heart, you just lift your heart to heaven. Say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to my heart. Let's all unite our hearts together. Let us all pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, in the holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord and by the merits of his blood, we again approach thy throne of grace and of mercy. Thank thee for the blood of Christ that cleanses from all sin. Thank thee for the blood that justifies, sanctifies, that blood by which we overcome the evil one, and that blood by which we will see our eternal home. And, O God, we just come to thee at this juncture, thanking thee for the Bible and our own mother tongue, thanking thee for a book that we can open and see the Lord in every page. And we pray, O God, even now that thou would draw near. Lord, I confess my complete inadequacy to deal with what is before me now in this meeting. Empty me now of self and of sin. Forgive my sins, O God, against thee, for they are many. Cleanse me in the blood of Christ. Give that divine anointing. Give that holy baptism. The anointing to preach. The anointing to hear with profit. Bind the devil and every power of darkness. And in this morning worship service, glorify the Lamb upon the throne. O God, hear prayer. Bring glory to your Son. Look upon the face of thine anointed. And hear prayer for his sake we ask. 
for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was a night like none other as far as the heavenly host was concerned. They would soon fill the skies around Bethlehem with glorious songs of praise. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Angels would also make a journey from the kingdom of heaven to the shepherds who were abiding in the fields as they watched their flocks by night. And the shepherds too received a a glorious message. Fear not, for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. A Saviour, which was Christ the Lord. A Saviour who was needed. A saviour who was prophesied. And the moment had come. And the angels bring this great message. Unto you is born this day. In the city of David a saviour. Which is Christ the Lord. It was also an angel that told Joseph. That he was not to fear to take unto him Mary his wife. Because that which was conceived in her. It was of the Holy Ghost. And the angel also said to him, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It is that verse 21 of Matthew 1 and then verse 23 that I really want to look at in the moments that are before us in this meeting. Because verse 23 also says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. And thus for the time that remains, in this morning worship service, I want to speak in a message that I have entitled, The Glories of the Child in the Manger, Emmanuel, God with us. The Glories of the Child in the Manger, Emmanuel, God with us. The first thing I want to show you is, The coming of Emmanuel was prophesied. The prophecy of this coming. It was Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, who had said 700 years before the birth of Christ, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. You see that actually there in verse number 22 of Matthew 1. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, and Matthew here is speaking about what Isaiah had said 700 years ago. We don't have time to turn to it, but it's in Isaiah 7, where we read those words, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. The Holy One, called Emmanuel, had been preached for 700 years earlier by the prophet Isaiah. And as I say, the the birth of Christ, had been prophesied and preached in Israel for centuries, that one would be virgin born, and he would be Emmanuel, God with us, the prophecy of his birth. Second, the person of Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel, dear people, is only used three times in the whole of the Bible. It's used twice in the Old Testament scriptures in the prophecy of Isaiah, And once, of course, here in the book of Matthew, in the verses that we have read here this morning, the name Emmanuel is speaking about Christ Jesus the Lord. And we're all aware of that. 
But the name Emmanuel, as verse 23 tells us, it means God with us. God with us. And then you tie that in with verse 21 where it says, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And there we see the word Jesus, which means Savior. And when you put it together, and you think about the child in the manger, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus the Savior. And dear people, there is the glory of the child in the manger. That babe that was wrapped in swaddling bands and laid in a manger was God and he was man. He was the God man. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was Jesus the Savior. And understand that if he had not been Emmanuel, God with us, he could never have been the Savior. He could never have been the mediator. He could never have atoned for our sins. And therefore this doctrine of the incarnation and the glory of the child that lay in the manger. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was Jesus, the Savior. As one old writer penned, in the creation, man was made in the image of God. But in the incarnation, God was made in the image of man. That he might save his people from their sins and the only one that could do it had to be God and had to be man dear people understand this today we'll certainly look at it more tonight in the message but the glory of the child in the manger was that he was God blessed over all he was God and he was man two distinct natures our holy Lord took into union with his own deity a true humanity. And dear people, he lived in that humanity and he died in that humanity and he rose to, uh, from, the, from death in that humanity. He ascended into heaven and he's coming back. He's the God-man, the glory of the child in the manger, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the Savior. What about the purpose of Emmanuel? What about his purpose? Why did the one who was God blessed forever step into time in the incarnation? Why was the one who had dwelt in light inapproachable, accepted the worship of the angelic host? Why did Christ leave the glory and splendor of the heavenly kingdom for this world? Oh, dear people, that's an important question. Why did he come? Why did he leave heaven? He left heaven for you and I. He left heaven so that people like you and I, when we leave it as we most surely will, might go at last to heaven. You see, the purpose of Emmanuel is seen there in verse 21. As we think of what why Christ came with this great purpose, and of course it was to deal with sin. Look again at verse 21 of Matthew 1. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And then the little word for. 
And there's the this little word introducing the purpose of Emmanuel, the purpose that Christ came, and it's this for he shall save his people from their sins. Dear people, understand this. The purpose of Emmanuel, the purpose of the incarnation, the reason Christ left heaven was for the subject of sin. Something awful had happened in this world. It happened in Genesis 3 when our first parents fell and Adam took the forbidden fruit. And he broke the law of God that was written upon his heart. And from that moment, when Christ himself and that pre-incarnation appearance had entered into the Garden of Eden and preached the first gospel message that the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. And here now in the incarnation our Lord has come. And he has come into this world, yea, 2,000 years ago. But we see the great purpose why he came in verse 21. For he shall save his people from their sins. Dear people, let me say this. Our world has taken the holy, sacred birth of Jesus Christ and turned it into absolute debauchery. Jesus Christ wasn't born that men and women could go out and get drunk. He was born that men and women would get drunk no more. That's why he was born. He was born to deal with sin. He was born because we were fallen. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And Christ came, the glory of his person and in the incarnation. And the purpose is seen in verse 21. For he shall save his people from their sins. Sin that is personal. You say, what do you mean, preacher? There's nothing as personal as sin. Christ draws attention to it here. Their sins. They committed them. It was their fault that they were done. Sin which I have committed. Sin that's a transgression of the holy law of God. Sin that stands the sinner guilty before the law of God. Sin that will condemn the sinner at the last day if it's never repented of. And yet in the text we see this great message. Christ came to save his people from their sins. Understand it dear people. Christ came with this great purpose because there were a people who were sinners. They had committed sin. The sin was their fault. It was nobody else's. They had committed them. They're against their account. But Christ came in the incarnation because the people that had committed them couldn't save themselves from it. Christ came to save from personal sin. You and I know all about it. Because we've got it. Sin that we committed. Sin that we're guilty of. And I say to you, dear people, you can't separate the incarnation from the subject of sin. It is impossible. The incarnation, Christ came to save his people from their sins. They had committed them. 
Sin that was dark. Sin that was devilish. Sin that was disgraceful. How on earth else could the angels have cried glory to God on the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men? Dear people, how could there have been glory for God and peace for men but a saviour had come? Because God and men were at enmity. But there was glory for God and peace for men because the one that was virgin born came to deal with the subject that caused the enmity. And that was the subject of sin. He came to deal with personal sin. The purpose of Emmanuel was also that he came to save his people from the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. The penalty of sin is eternal death. That's the penalty of sin. And the greatest penalty known to people is the penalty of sin. That is the greatest penalty. And the Bible makes it clear that is the place called hell. Where it's paid for forever for all who don't trust Christ. But the purpose of Emmanuel is to save his people from hell. From the penalty of sin. You see dear people. As one old preacher said. True gospel preachers are not hell fire preachers. They are preachers that preach deliverance from hell fire. That's what a gospel preacher is. Holds up the sufficiency of the atonement. Holds up the sufficiency of Christ's life and his death. To deal with sin no matter where it came from and no matter who committed it. To all that trust him. The purpose of Emmanuel was to save from personal sin. It was to save from the penalty of sin. Because dear people get it clear. That babe that lay in swaddling bands and laid in the manger. He left the manger and every step that he took from the manger to the cross. He took it for sinners. He took it for sinners. Dying under wrath. Why? Because he had to pay for sin. Whose was the sin? Well it wasn't his because he didn't have any. He was the holy child. He was the sinless child. He knew no sin. He didn't sin. In him was no sin. More than that. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus, the Savior, he couldn't sin. He couldn't sin. But he came to deal with it. Dying under the wrath of God against that sin. As man, oh, here's the the key to it. As man, he suffered. As God, he satisfied. As man, he suffered for man's sin. And as God, he satisfied for that sin and you can't separate sin and the birth of Christ because Christ was born to die that we might live forever in heaven that we might live forever in heaven and therefore when a sinner comes to faith in Jesus Christ he saved or she saved from the penalty of sin And therefore, if there's any in this meeting this morning, and obviously I'm a stranger to most of you, 
But if there's any in this meeting this morning without Christ, then, my friend, you come to Christ even now and be saved from the penalty of sin. The purpose of Emmanuel, saved from personal sin, saved from the penalty of sin. But the purpose of Emmanuel was also to save from the power of sin. I speak about the power of sin because that's exactly what Christ came to break. When an individual comes to faith in Jesus Christ, Christ sets that soul free from the power of sin. You say, preacher, what power is there in sin? Any true believer knows exactly the power of sin. The power of temptation. But Emmanuel didn't just come to save from personal sin and the penalty of sin. He came to break the power of sin in his people's lives. Those that he saves. That's why the Apostle Paul said to those Roman believers in the Roman church all those years ago as he wrote his epistle to them. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Because Emmanuel has come, Christ was born, Christ has lived, Christ has died, Christ has broken the power of sin, and therefore, brother, sister, and we all know about it, those sins that so do be easily beset us, take them to the Lord, get them under the fountain open, say, Lord, break the power of this! Because that's why you came. To save not only from the penalty of sin, but to save from the power of sin. Yes, Christ in dying for sin saved from its penalty, but he also broke the power of it. I want everybody to understand that. But understand something else. The majority of this world misses completely the glory and the majesty of this time of year. If this time of year, and I can only say what goes on in UK. I can't say if it goes on in the US. I've never been here before Christmas. I can only say if it goes on in the UK at Christmas. The people go mad. They get drunk more. They go absolutely mad. It has turned into a time of revelry. If the incarnation was only for something in this world... How hopeless that would be. The incarnation was not that people might get drunk. The incarnation was that Christ would live and die for sinners and save them on earth and break the power of sin in their life on earth and that death take them to the heavenly kingdom. That's the glory of it. And the one that was virgin born, that was God and man, was qualified to do it qualified to do it because he was God and he was man Christ came to save from personal sin he came to save from the penalty of sin he came to break the power of sin but the purpose of Emmanuel was something else to save his people from the presence of sin Look again at verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What a message the angel brought. As he proclaimed in these words, recorded in this holy book, that Jesus would save his people from their sins. And that also means not only the power of it, not only the penalty of it, not that it's personal, but it means the presence of sin. 
What do I mean by the saving from the presence of sin? Well, there are two realms that possess the presence of sin. One we are sitting in, the world. And the other is dying without Christ. Both those realms possess the realm or possess the subject of sin. But the incarnation was with the purpose not only to save from personal sin and the penalty of sin and the power of sin, but it was to save from the presence of sin because at death the believer is taken from the realm of sin. Taken to heaven. Where words like sin and sorrow and pain and all that the fall caused are words to be forgotten forever. The glory of Emmanuel. He came to save from personal sin, the penalty of sin, but he came to take from the presence of sin. Dear believer, let me say something to you. There's a day coming for you and I when you'll be tempted for the last time because of Emmanuel. There's a day coming for you and I when you'll yield to temptation for the last time and feel the Lord. There's a day coming that's all going to stop. And you'll be taken from the presence of sin and temptation to be forever with the Lord. But the most important question I've got to leave before this congregation is this. To any here that aren't saved, will you come to this Christ? Will you come to him? And seek him? And find the truth of the text in your own life? Because every believer has found it. They have been saved from the penalty of sin and they know it. Christ is breaking the power of sin within their lives. Though we all feel. And the Lord one day is going to take us from the presence of sin forever. But to those here who are without Christ. The question comes to you as we sing these carols and gather round the book of God. What would Christ say to you today? He would say come. Come to me. Because I left the manger. And I lived 33 and a half years. A perfect life that you can't live. And I died an atoning death. And I gloriously rose again from the dead. Having satisfied divine justice. Towards my people's sins. And I ascended to the right hand. Of the majesty on high. As the old creed said. From whence at the end of time I'll come to judge the quick and the dead. But the question is, will you come to him today? And in this Christmas service, enter into the real joy that alone Emmanuel brings. You say, preacher, what joy is that? Well, let me give you a fraction of it. Pardon. Forgiveness. Adopted into the family of God. Peace with God. 
the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, to dwell within for the rest of your journey. And at the end of it, be transported safely to heaven. The purpose of Emmanuel. Let me close. The promise of Emmanuel. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We live in a world that's very uncertain. Nothing's sure until it actually happens. Well, here's something that's absolutely sure. All that come to Christ shall be saved from personal sin, the penalty of that sin, the presence of that sin, the power of that sin. But you must come. You have the promise of the book today. You have the promise of the angel to Joseph who can save his people from their sins. You have the promise of Christ himself. All that come to me, I'll never cast them out. I'll never cast them out when they come. And I'll never cast them out for all eternity. They'll be safe in me for time. And they'll be safe in me for eternity. Oh dear people. As you gather in your homes with those you love over the next few days. You bow your heads in a moment's silence. And thank God for sending a son that he would ever save us from the penalty of sin, from the power of it, from the presence of it, and take us at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood, the glories of the child in the manger. He was God. And he was man. As man he suffered for sins that we did. And as God he satisfied divine justice for them. That all in the US or the UK or wherever this old world leads you. All that come to Christ are saved for time and saved for eternity. There is why the angel host rejoiced. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward man. Peace that never lo- you never lose. Peace with God that never ends. Our Lord said it in John 14. My peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. What did Christ mean when he said not as the world giveth? Speaking about peace. He meant this. We have heard of peace. I've heard of peace since the day I was born. Peace still here. Peace still there. What happens every peace still? Somebody breaks it. Christ says, I don't give peace the way the world gives it. I give a peace that you'll never lose. A peace that was grounded in the blood of Christ. And a peace that God gives to the sinner and never takes it back. 
come to Christ today. Seek him. Be saved today. I mean that. If you're in this meeting not a Christian, never come to Christ. No better time to come than now. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus or Emmanuel. And the hymn writer went on to say this. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Ah, friend, come to Christ. Come to him today if he's not yours. And I tell you, he'll save you, he'll pardon you, he'll keep you. And you will have a Christmas that you will never forget until heaven receives you at the end of the journey. May God write his word in every heart. For his name's sake. Lord, take your word, apply it to every heart. Bless it, how we thank thee for the glories of the child in the manger. Thank thee for the one that came in the fullness of time. Mild he laid his glory by, born that man no more may die. Lord, bless the word to every heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.